0: All I wanna know is baby to Love Life Skills for Leaders, where we heal the past, love ourselves unconditionally, and start our love lives over from a clean slate every damn day. I'm Candace Harper, relationship coach and hypnotherapist, and I help high-performing, perfectionistic people overcome loneliness and create meaningful, intimate connections. This is a mature conversation for powerful people who want to have their best love life possible, whether they are single or coupled. Stick with me and learn why loneliness isn't contingent on whether or not you have a partner and how loneliness can be cured from the inside out. Also, make sure to subscribe on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you are watching and listening. Now, let's do this, my sweet love. What's up, baby? Hey, hey, hey. I'm so glad you're back again for another fine. Well, it's, you know, it's usually Saturday when I'm recording. I think Today is a Friday. You just never know. But whatever day you're listening, I'm glad you are back on the day that you could listen, the day that you could tune in. And that's the most important thing. Today I'm going to be talking about, actually today I'm going to be teaching a masterclass to end ghosting. I want to end ghosting in your life forever. Right, And I should say the experience of ghosting, you know, ghosting as a negative outcome. I wanna end that for you forever today. I'm about to give you a masterclass on it. I'll call it Ghosted Girl Syndrome. Let's call it GGS. And GGS is any kind of framework, belief, or paradigm that holds us in the position, the powerless position of victim, victim of circumstance. So some of the symptomatic emotions include consistent disappointment with dating, anger and frustration, that crippling feeling of loneliness, excruciating, longing, the need to trash and complain other people on social media. People do it all the time. People have entire TikTok channels devoted to complaints about their love life, complaints about the people that they date and what is wrong with everybody else and just that overall disgust with dating and relationships in general all those are symptoms of ggs ghosted girl syndrome all those are symptoms of being in a place of feeling miserable about your singlehood your dating life and you know this what you consider to be the state of dating today right and so you know you, people get on social media and they just keep feeding into it and then you know people who haven't even had the same experiences as other people have experienced and they start believing in it and so it's that strong belief that you know dating sucks everybody's trash the, you know the dating pool is is murky whatever complaints thoughts it becomes grand consciousness and then that is what people experience right We are in charge of our own experience. Y'all going to be mad at me for some of the stuff that I say today. So let's talk about what ghosted girl syndrome actually is. Those are some of the symptoms. Those are some of the emotional symptoms. If you want to identify whether you might be suffering from it right now, and I have suffered from it, you know, even up until semi-recently, I would say definitely solidly last summer, I was experiencing a moment of ghosted girl syndrome. So... It's not always a bad thing, though. That's that's what we got to get with. We think that this ghosting thing and this inability to communicate that a lot of people have... Or, you know, as we're navigating through these dating streets, when things don't work out, we always take it to this negative place. I'm never going to find the one I love. I'm never going to get the relationship that I want. It's never going to happen because yet another person has ghosted me. Yet another person has rejected me or I've gone out on a date with someone that I could never accept. And I'm just so tired of being in these dating streets because it's all horrible. It's not the way it's supposed to be. Number one, ghosted girl syndrome. The tendency to get ghosted. Clearly, you got ghosted girl syndrome if you feel like your tendency is to get ghosted. I had a moment, I would say a year or so ago, where I was like, what the hell is happening? But this is something that happens the more peacefully steadfast you are about who you are. The more you align with your core values, the more you stand up for what you actually want. And I don't mean going on every date like you know Sally Field Uh, you know, with a big sign and being like, you know, I have my rights in dating. I just mean that sort of peaceful, feminine energy, knowing who you are, knowing what's important to you, knowing what you're going to align with and not needing to force anybody into it. Like just being a stand for who you are, being who you say you are, stand up for what you actually want. And the more we do that, the more the wrong ones will show themselves out the door. We don't have to do anything. (laughs) But just be aligned with who we are, and that when we get that way, especially when we 're going through an evolution, when we go from you know being unhappy, miserable, trying to please, trying to bend over backwards for others, and we realize that no, it really is about getting getting crystal clear about alignment, not my list of things you got to check off that you got to have that I want this is not what we 're talking about i'm talking about the tendency to um be peacefully steadfast. Just, I know what's important to me and it's okay if it's not important to you. It just means we're not aligned with each other and that's okay. I'm okay with it no matter what. (laughs) Because I know that my person that's coming with alignment is going to understand and get it. And I want that above anything else, right? So the more that we stand in that and don't compromise that, like don't let anybody, you know, stomp all over it, make fun of it, you know, talk you out of it. Those ones that can't be with it, the narcissists, the sociopaths, the users, the ones that you know, haven't gotten their lives together, the immature ones, they can't be with that. They don't know what to do with that because it takes another person to be on that level in order to be able to be with someone who is like, I know who I am. I'm strong in who I am and I don't need to force it down your throat. I don't need to force anything from you. I'm peaceful. Right. It takes that same kind of energy in order to match with that kind of energy. It takes something, right? And a lot of people who aren't ready don't have that. Actually, no one who's not ready has that. <laughs> so you can guarantee they will show themselves out the door. And a lot of times, the way they'll show themselves out the door is by ghosting. And so it's a favor. It's a favor. Trust me when I tell you, my sweet love, and sometimes it can feel like, oh, but we were really clicking. I really like that person. But there was something you did, something you said where they were like, nope, not right for me. And it's okay. It doesn't mean you're wrong. It just means that, that you're not aligned with that person. That person is not aligned with you, right? It's like, you know, how we do with clothing. Some people, we worry so much about our weight and that we have to be a perfect size or, you know, whatever size we're trying to get into. You know, the problem is that we're not a size six. No, the problem is that it's the, the clothes, it's not you, right? It's, that doesn't align with you if you're not a size six. So the problem is not that you can't get into the jeans. The jeans can't get on you. That means you got to find jeans that will get on you. (laughs) And it's the same thing with our dating, our friendships, all of our relationships. It's it's letting go of needing to force anything because I'm peaceful with this is who I am. This is who I am. This is what's important to me. And the true test of a partner is their desire for you when you are truly aligned with yourself. Right? When you're trying to be nice or pretend anything, their desire for you doesn't mean anything. Because it's you know, it's your representative, it's the the face that you're showing them, but if they don't really know you authentically, and we'll talk about that a little bit more. So that the tendency to get ghosted based on standing and who you are, that can be ghosted girl syndrome. Another thing that can be ghost-to-girl syndrome, and th- these things aren't you know, mutually exclusive. They, you could have a couple of them. You could have none of them or one of them. If, obviously, if you have none of them, you don't have ghost-to-girl syndrome. But you could have one of them or you could have two or three. You could have all five of them. But the second one is the tendency to be attracted to men who only are outwardly desirable. Not just that they look good, have money, or a big penis, but they often have a big personality, a charm, a way of wooing or persuading you to give them what they want. While inside, they are all feminine energy, emotionals. And by emotional, I don't mean that men can't have emotions. I think it's wonderful when a man is in touch with his emotions. But when they get mad at stupid stuff, when they're looking for reasons to pick fights because they got some other agenda you know, or which that that can often be the case when you're dealing with someone who's emotionally stunted, like pretending like, you know, you've done something wrong because there's something going on with them that they don't want to talk about. Like things like that, you know, that deep down stuff that's, that's miswired. That's what they're in like on the inside when on the outside, they're tall, they're good looking, they're successful, they're moving and shaking, they're, you know, running businesses, they're You know, owning things, they got a great job. You know, it seems like they've got, they're checking all the boxes, but that tendency to just be looking for those things and overlooking those other things, like not being able to manage their emotions and waiting for you to prove yourself to them. If you've ever been in a situation where you feel like you have to prove yourself to them, and one thing I'm even noticing for myself right now, because I've had those situations so many times where I felt like I had to be good enough somehow. I had to make myself good enough whether it was pretty enough, or nice enough, or agreeable enough, or flexible enough, or, um, you know, just just really compromising what I want in a moment felt like I had to do that in order for the relationship to move forward or to have the relationship with someone. And sometimes it's so insidious, we don't even realize that that's what we're, we're doing. But one thing I notice now in the relationship that I'm in now, I find myself saying to myself, well, uh, you know, I need to be really careful about, so, but I don't. I don't. I, all I have to do is be myself. Like this person, I feel like a pure love from this person, just based on being myself right? And I find myself trying to go into my old habits of of trying to make sure I pre-manage his emotions and things like that. But you know what? You don't have to do that with adult men because they can manage their own emotions. (laughs) There are men out there that actually know how to manage their emotions and actually are looking to take care of you, looking to make sure that you are okay. And when you've been the woman who um you know goes out of her way to try to be good enough or prove something to others it's very hard to sit back and let someone make sure you are okay and make sure that you have what you want and that you are enjoying yourself because we often have the tendency especially when we are um, controllers or have trust issues or you know any of those things we have the tendency to try to make it right for others right and that doesn't mean that you shouldn't be agreeable or you know on some level but there's got to be a balance with all of that and there's got to be that willingness to have that person prove to you that they are the man for you, that they are in alignment with you. We, it is not for women to be proving themselves to a man. It's not for us to be doing that. And we've gotten into the habit of doing that. And it's ghosted girl syndrome. And that's why so many men, they, they walk away. They don't know what to do. Like a, man, a real man doesn't know what to do with that energy of you trying to prove to him of how, how accomplished you are, how much you can do, how much you don't, you know, you're on your own, you don't need stuff, you know, being this or being that or showing how great you are. It's just who, like, be yourself. Be yourself. Because that is what a decent man, a, a man who cares about himself, who has grown himself, is emotionally able to be emotionally connected, is emotionally available. That's what he wants to know is who you really are. So he can make the decision. Does this align with me? This is this is a woman, like I see her and what I see is someone that I want to go out of my way for. I want to make sure she's having a good time. I want to see a smile on her face. I want to do whatever I need to do in order to make that happen or have that happen. And if it doesn't happen, I'm not going to be mad at her. I'm going to ask her what she would like instead. <laughs> Sounds crazy, right? So then the belief that, here's another one, the men, that, the belief that men are trash because your experience has been consistently with trash men, right? This one might sting a little bit, but even when it seems like we have evidence to the contrary, when our love life sucks, it's because of us. And it doesn't matter what gender you are. If you are any person who, you know, I see it on social media all the time where it's just constant, constant complaining about the other, it is you, (laughs) You are the problem. And I don't say that to say that you are wrong or bad or or nothing can be fixed and you can't turn it around. But it is our belief in something being wrong with the other that, you know, this is all I've been dealing with, this is all that's out there that perpetuates the same experience over and over again. So if you are often with shitty ones, don't blame the system. Go within. What are you settling for? What are you not mending within yourself? What are you not aligned with? Is it just that you're just so damn critical that even if you met somebody who aligned with you, you wouldn't be able to see it because you're so busy looking for the negatives, because you're so busy looking for what's wrong with them. We often do that. I have done that myself. Trust me, <laughs> it is a guarantee that you will be in that experience of the GGS, the ghosted girl syndrome. Now, it doesn't always mean that the way that they're going to leave you is by ghosting, but there does come an abandonment when you are with someone and you have this paradigm that, that everyone else is the problem. Everyone I've dated is the problem. And as soon as you start to show signs, you become problematic. It's just that, that you know men are trash or you know women are useless or you know whatever those sweeping generalizing statements that people use all the time on social media cuz it gets you know it's clickbait and people are like oh yeah yeah women are you know slutty yeah yeah men are trash whatever it doesn't work to walk around with that paradigm and think you're going to have a happy love life or be able to create any sort of happy love life what else is it? Number four, it's the everybody has a relationship but me mentality. How is it that everybody has a relationship? How is this possible? I can remember watching my six hundred pound life, where people who can't even reach all the folds to watch themselves have a partner, and thinking to myself, like, okay, you know, here I am working on myself, universe, <laughs> doing everything I can, and and mobile, trying to be smart. Why is it that I don't have a partner, right? Everybody has a relationship but me mentality. And so let's talk about the hierarchy of, you know, relationship status. So obviously at the top is happy, most desired love relationship. So whatever your most desired love relationship might be, you being happy and sustainably in it, I would imagine that's at the very top. That's at the top of the, the you know, pyramid. That's where you want to get to. Right. And then below that is happy singlehood, but engaged, engaged in whatever you want your love life to look like or in creating that, whether it's that you're dating because you want to get married or you're, you know, just maybe into partnership or somebody described on social media the other day that they want to be a polyamorous nomad, which whatever, do you whatever makes you happy but happiness and engaged in that right so that you could solidly say i have a good love life cuz this is the love life i want to want to create and this is the love life i desire and then there's ha- there's happy singlehood just because i'm i'm on, i'm in a single moment you know i've chosen to be single like i'm i'm just i'm happy though i'm okay i'm not doing badly i'm just having a happy singlehood and then there is a sad singlehood you know, sort of, or maybe a middle of the road. I'm not so happy about it. I'm just here. I'm just kind of like, you know, whatever. Then there's miserable singlehood where I'm lonely, where I hate it. This sucks. I'm tired of being single. I once have, I saw a woman the other day who was talking about, I need to go get a surgery and I got to go with my mother. I'm 46 years old. I hate this. This sucks, not because she hates her mother's. Her mother's wonderful, but she's like, why don't I have a partner to look after me? I have to go into the hospital, and I don't have a partner there to, you know, be strong and back me up and support me in that way. In a different way than your mother would be able to. Mothers are wonderful, don't get me wrong, but a partner is a completely different thing when it comes to, to stuff like that, right? So that miserable singlehood she's experiencing, she's like, I, I may not be lonely, but I am alone and I'm feeling the alone, aloneness. I feel miserable. OK, so that's like the next rung down and then way down at the bottom. And I mean lower than low. <laughs> There's a big skip all the way down to being sad and miserable and in an unhappy relationship right? Which is a solid percentage of relationships. There's a lot of relationships out there where people are miserable. So it's very important not to be in compare and despair. So back to that everybody has a relationship but me mentality. When you we compare ourselves to other other people and what they're doing in their relationships, you don't know what you might be coveting. <laughs> You don't know what that person had to do or what they had to give up in order to be whatever that image of a relationship is that you're seeing and you're you're interpreting as them having something you don't have. Right. It lowers your vibe. We can never truly know what someone else is experiencing. The only thing that we can do is eyes on the prize and create our own experience. Right, Because it just messes with all of our beliefs, our paradigms, our framework, our systems, when we look at other people and try to meet up to whatever bar we're perceiving about them. It messes with our beliefs when we put it out there, rather than putting it within. Like, who am I being? Am I creating the happiness? Am I creating the happy love life every day, with or without a partner? Because that's what I'm focused on doing. Not because, you know... I'm I'm, I'm focusing on how bad everyone else is or how how much everyone else sucks. Or the fact that all the good ones are taken. Everybody else has a relationship. I don't. Right? And then the fifth one of GGS is this tendency to be nice instead of being you. And not to say that there aren't things about you that are nice. I know you're my tribe. I know you got some niceness about you, but it's that facade of agreeability that we feel we have to put on early in a relationship, right? And there's a very fine line to be walked. Like with everything else, balance is required. You don't want to be bitchy with folded arms refusing to budge on a single interaction because that's not partnership, obviously. That's not, you know, the other choice. However, what we enlightened girls often do is that we be nice to a fault even when something really doesn't sit well with us. And it's usually because we want them to like us. We think that if we say the truth about how we feel about something, it might scare them away. We don't know how to really communicate without being fake or angry. So it's like, you know, this thing doesn't work for me. It's out of alignment with me. And so either I can keep smiling and fake it like it's okay. Or I'm going to just come out of a bag and let you know that this is not what are you doing? You are wrong Whatever. We think that those are the only two possible ways to communicate. So we tend to to veer towards nice because aren't we taught to be nice and keep the peace until we're pushed over the edge and then they they get to hear about it? Being a stand for what we want and what we will and won't do, it takes skill. It really does. And that's where boundary setting comes in. We don't engage with what doesn't align, period, period. There's no screaming and yelling that has to happen. There's no uh, forcefulness, anger. There's no upsetness that has to happen. There's no attachment to you're not doing it the way I want you to do it, so let me scream at you. And I, I mean, I'm not saying this like you have to walk around like Mother Teresa, a saint all the time and do it perfect. But this is what we're going for. This is what we're looking to achieve, a peace, a sense of peace. I don't have to engage with what doesn't align with me, period. I don't. If you communicate with me in a way that is triggering or traumatic and I don't like it, I don't have to engage with it. I don't have to engage with it. If you get to a point with somebody where they won't stop unless you say something, they probably aren't the person for you. <laughs> if anybody's engaging with you in a triggering way, especially as we're talking about early on as you're getting to know somebody in this, you know, these dating streets, like, you know, don't be wasting your time with anybody that, you know, continually comes at you in a way that you feel like I'm not gonna be able to say something unless I'm angry about it, right? But temper that with what am I perceiving, right? Like what am I casting onto that person? Am I bringing some old baggage? Am I willing to ask that person if what they're saying is what it's coming off like to me, if that's what they really mean by what they're saying? Am I willing to engage in a person with just open communication about it just to kind of find out where they are so that I can, you know, the clearer I get to be the clearer I get to, to decipher whether they actually align with me or not. You know, did you really mean to sound like that? Did you really mean to sound like that when you said what you said? Were you really trying to put me down or were you just trying to get an idea? So, depending on how they answer that question in any particular situation, You will know in your gut, if you're listening, if you're hearing, if you're being authentic and being you, if that doesn't align with you, if it doesn't align with your core values. Oh, yeah, I really meant to say that because I I just feel like if I don't tell you, you won't do better. Whoa. Does not align with my core values to be with someone who's trying to fix me. It doesn't. I mean, I definitely want somebody who's willing to give me feedback. I'm definitely wanting to be with somebody who's open with me about whether they feel like their boundaries are being crossed someone who's you know, looking to support me, nourish me in being the best person I can be. But if they're putting me down or wrong-making and without any sort of questioning or wondering where I'm coming from or any benefit of the doubt, then they're probably not the person for me. We don't need parenting. Parenting doesn't belong in a relationship, although often people think that it does. So we don't engage with what does not align, period. That's it. But that is number five, the tendency to be too nice instead of being you is ghosted girl syndrome. It is ghosted girl syndrome. So how do we get out of it? It's not what we do. It's what we align with. So here are three things to align with. Number one, authenticity. Because the only way to know if someone truly likes you for you is to be you. Is to be you. And I know that sounds so like trite and whatever. Oh, just be yourself. But it's true. <laughs> but be who you authentically are. Your ups, your downs, all that good stuff. And you might have some things going on with you as far as emotionally, mentally, maybe you're on some medication. You don't have to divulge all those things in like first dates. But it's okay to like l- let your personality unfold, to open up and be who you are. And if they reject who you are, Trust me when I tell you they are doing you a favor. And I know that can be hard to understand and hard to wrap the mind around because that's the last thing we want as human beings is to be kicked off the island. But if someone rejects who you are when you're being who you are, then they are not the person for you. You are so much better off that they walk away. They are doing you a mega favor, a huge favor. Integrity. Don't compromise for anything that is grossly out of alignment with your core values. Now, you might have, we have some core values that are very strong core values. We have other ones that sometimes they're, you know, like things like ambition and things like that. For some of us, those things are important, but they're not so high priority. So some things you can compromise a little bit in the spirit of partnership and collaboration. That's something that you can, as you're getting to know a person, getting closer with them, and the more you start to trust each other, you can sort of figure out like, oh, you know, what are some things that, that you know, we can work together on or create so that our core values are met, but the ones that maybe aren't as important. I don't have to hold your feet to the fire, but don't compromise on those things that are grossly out of alignment with you, with your core values. You know, if you want somebody who is emotionally mature and you're dealing with someone who constantly has beef with somebody (laughs) and always has shit going on, always has some complaint about somebody else, is always in some kind of mess, that is grossly out of alignment with your core values. And then, you know, I'm speaking for myself personally. I, emotional maturity, emotional intellect, that willing willingness to grow yourself up. That is a core value for me. Not because I'm so perfect, I'm on, I'm on my own journey, but learning and growing and, you know, uh, heeding wisdom, being able to apply it to my life is the captain of my life, <laughs> So if I were dealing with someone who was not at all interested in being aligned with growth and emotionally maturing and what they could learn from different situations, that it's just grossly out of alignment. That's not compatibility, right? So I, in order to be in an integrity with myself, I got to recognize that and and stay in alignment with myself. What does that mean? I don't spend time around people who, um. Are in opposition to what is important to me, to my core values. I just don't. I don't. <laughs> I don't know how else to put it. I used to. I used to, and I always had a very heated, warm time with people who are out of alignment with my core values. It was always a struggle. I always either walked away feeling icky or, you know, dissatisfied or disconnected or, you know, realized that those people were not right for me and and neither sucked it up because I was trying to be nice or whatever. And then a third one is acknowledgement. Be outwardly expressive and grateful about what aligns with you in a way that you choose, right? So if you're dating somebody great, acknowledge them. Be grateful about it. But you don't have to constantly be like, you know, on your knees and praise about it because you know that you're worthy of it. But you do want to let someone know that you value who they're being when they're in alignment with you. You want to let them know so that they're also aware that you're in alignment with what's important to them. So they can do that sort of litmus as well. So we're getting out of being ghosted girl, gr- you know, in ghosted girl syndrome. It, it's very easy to get out of it. Doesn't mean that you'll never get ghosted again, but you'll start to love it. So a, a partner that sees himself able to align with authenticity will never leave you wondering how he feels about you. You'll never have to have a conversation. Where is this relationship going? You'll never have to be like, you know, mm, you know what's going on? Does he like me? Does he not like me? He, he, you will know. You won't have to ask the question. He'll engage with you consistently, not constantly, consistently. We have to make a distinction about, especially early in dating, engaging consistently compared to constantly. Some people think, oh, I got it. He ain't calling me every day. So love bombers do that. Where it's like initially we start out, I got to call you every, every day, five times a day or whatever. But someone who's just getting to know you and taking their time to get to know you, they will develop a consistency. Right, So it won't be, oh, you'll talk to them, and then two weeks you won't talk to them, and then you know, maybe a month or so you won't talk to them. But it might be every other day in the beginning. It might be every few days in the beginning. But they'll be consistent. Some are slower than others. Some are a little bit faster than others. But it's not a constant thing. And I recently dealt with a love bomber not too long ago, and it was like every day, hours on the phone. And initially it felt like, oh, my God, this feels so good, so much attention. But it's just love bombing. It's constant right? That constant need, that constant need for you to reassure them that they're they're winning you over for whatever their ultimate plan is. So also, he will make you a priority. When someone sees you and sees sees themselves able to align with who you authentically are, they will make you a priority. They'll be patient, not inclined to get angry, and not trying to fix you. So any of those little cutting remarks that they make when they're trying to fix you, or if they're angry at you, that trying to get you back, trying to start a fight, trying to you know uh, engage you in some sort of like negativity, all of that stuff that can go on in early dating, especially when you're dealing with a love bomber or somebody who's not right for you, somebody who's not really seeing you and appreciating and liking you. Right, it's very important that you know that person see you and like you, because <laughs> if they see you and they don't like you. You, you don't want to be in a position of trying to make them like you. So you're moving with integrity. He will want to rise to your level. When you're moving with integrity, he'll want to rise to your level. He'll want to be on time to pick you up. He'll want to do what he says he's going to do. He'll be willing to communicate his moves, especially if they affect you. He will follow through with the plans. He will make more plans. He'll make future plans. He'll talk about you know when you're going to meet his family and all of that stuff. If you are moving with integrity, with integrity, you know, in alignment with who you say you are and letting him know what's important to you, he will be inspired to, to live up to it. And I'm not saying do it in order to get him to because you want it to be authentic. You want that guy who wants to do it himself. If he doesn't, it's Okay. And so acknowledgement, you are grateful and acknowledging his love and appreciation will grow for you exponentially rather than peter out. So in love bombing situations, like I was talking about, it starts off like an explosion. And when they start to think that they got you, they get complacent. And then the cracks start to show. It's like a reverse crescendo, right? Or descent, descent. I forget what the word is in music. But those of you who know music, you know what I'm talking about. So it starts to peter out, especially when they start to think they got you, they get complacent. Right? In an authentic, healthy, loving situation, the love is a crescendo. The more time spent together, the more the connection grows, and what we appreciate appreciates. So it gets bigger and bigger and bigger as you go and grow over time. It doesn't start off like a big explosion and then, you know, peter out it's like a firecracker. It's very much the opposite. It's like a slow build, a slow burn into an inferno an inferno of passion and fire, honey, and heat. Anyway, that's it. That's it, my sweet loves. I think I got everything. Let me look over my notes. The one thing I want to make sure you walk away with is that the only way to know if someone likes you for you is to be you. And I know it's so trite. Be you, honey. Be yourself. Learn who you are. Learn who you are and, and you is not your negative identity. You is not your trauma. You is not you know, where you came from or what your mom or your dad was like. That's not you. Who you is, is how you define yourself, what's important to you, what you know to be important to you, what you have gotten clarity around as far as what's important to you and what you sit in peacefully without needing any agreement whatsoever. What you sit in peacefully without needing anyone to validate it. I don't need anyone to validate that I am a loving, nurturing, auntie-like being who loves to sing songs even when I'm off key, (laughs) who loves to play and dance in the grocery store, who loves sugar even though sugar doesn't love me, whose work is extremely important, who lives her passion, lives purposefully. And unabashedly is madly, madly in love with her dog and her man. Not necessarily in that order. Sometimes they switch back and forth. I don't need anyone to validate that. So you want to get to that point where you don't need any validation. You just sit peacefully in what it is and who you choose to be, how you define yourself. And then you just get to create from nothing, from a clean slate. Right? You get to just have it be the way you want it to be. And trust me, I'm making it sound so like dreamy and magical, but it actually is. It's actually a lot easier than we make it. All right, my sweetheart, that is it. I mean, you know, everything I just described is what I teach in my intensive program. Here's the pitch. Love life skills for leaders. If you're interested in actually going through this process, it's an intensive one. I ain't playing around. Bit.ly forward slash love life skills for leaders. Sign up, fill out the little application for a consultation. Let's have a consultation. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about what your big dreams and goals are. And let's see if I can help you. If you are someone who wants to heal the past, love yourself unconditionally, start your love life over from a clean slate, stop being out here in these dating streets, being a GGS, please, by all means, do not hesitate. All right, my sweethearts, that's it for now. Follow me on Instagram and TikTok at Candy Love Coach. I'm also Candice Harper Love Coach on YouTube, which YouTube, is, you know, I get a little behind sometimes, but you can always hear the audios. I don't know, speaking of audios, I don't know if you can hear the children that scream and yell. <laughs> outside my window. It is it is a Friday night, though, so I'm, you know, we got to have fun sometimes. They're just out there doing their thing. Tune in next week for another episode. I love you so much until next time. Keep being unapologetically lovable and give yourself grace, my sweet love. I love you. Bye now. Mwah, mwah, mwah.